0: Our reading this morning is taken from Revelation chapter 4. If you'd like to take the uh, Bibles like this from the back of the seats and uh, turn to page 1,236, right near the back, Revelation is the last book in the Bible, Uh, you can follow that, we'd encourage you to do that while I read and while Phil speaks to us through the passage. In the previous two chapters of Revelation, uh, the Apostle John has had a vision in which the Lord Jesus has got him to, uh, to write down, Letters to Seven Churches, Revelation chapter 4. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I'd first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once, I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven, and someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God." Also in front of the throne there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the centre round the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had the face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night... They never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures gave glory, honour and thanks to him who sits on the throne and lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power For you created all things. By your will they were created and have their being. Uh,
1: Thank you, Philip, very much. We're going to pray together now, so let's pray. So that's a a great chapter in uh, in a great book. Thank you for Revelation chapter 4. We pray you'd help us to understand that uh, clearly now and to live it out in our lives, we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, please bear with me in this, because we are going to talk about creation, because it is uh, the day when we're celebrating harvest. Uh, But first, by way of introduction, let me uh, uh, talk to you a little bit about heaven. What do you think heaven will be like? And how do you know? Well, um, um, well, let's think a bit for a moment about uh, as we're thinking about. Are we clicking? It's not really happening. We need to have this. Give us a few. Oh, here we are. Okay. Can you give us three more. Doesn't seem to be working at all. Never mind. Can you give us a few? A few clicks. Might need some more batteries. And again. And again not doing anything at all might need to reload that or something anyway um uh, think for a moment about uh, hurricane irma okay going up the uh, the west coast of the uh, of the uh, florida now um the bbc sent over the nation's favorite weatherman do you know who the nation's favorite weatherman is no, it's all been voted. He's Thomas Schaffenecker. Okay? He's the nation's uh, favourite weatherman. And anyway, they sent Thomas over to Tampa to tell us what it's like to be in a hurricane. And uh, I've got one or two funny pictures, but never mind, we'll have to miss those. And, uh, um, and, and the thing is, you see, if you want to know what a hurricane's like, send someone over, then when he comes back, and he can tell us all about it. Now the point is this, we can know what heaven's like, not because Thomas Schaffenecker was there and has come back here and so on, but we can know that because Jesus was there and he's come here and he has returned to heaven and here in Revelation he's giving the Apostle John a guided tour, okay? So, uh, uh, so t- Revelation chapter 4, look at t- uh, verse 1 here. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I uh, first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. We're looking to the future, and we're seeing what is going on, uh, or what will be going on, and what uh, what heaven will be like when, for Christian people when we get there. Now, uh, let me... Um, uh, ask you, uh, uh, ask you uh, just to stand back and get the big picture we're going to look at a, at a video now and if the video is working, I'd like you to have a look at the guy uh, on the right hand side in the white t-shirt, if this is going to work, this is all falling apart nicely isn't it It's uh, hey ho, never mind okay we, won't have, ok we won't have the video either never mind, alright, is that not working no. One, two, three. We'll count to five, shall we? Or we'll count down from five. Five, four, three, one. Okay, no video, right, never mind, okay. Uh, so, let me tell you what's going to happen. We're, um, uh, I just want to give you a little uh, a picture. So, uh, point number one on the bit of paper, that won't fail us, will it? The bit of paper in our hands uh, on there, on the order of service, we've got uh, point number one, which is the picture. And uh, on this picture, in the picture that we see here in Revelation chapter four, first of all, we've got thrones, we've got a picture of heaven. So, you look at verse 2, I Once I was in the Spirit, and there before me there was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. That is is our lord god and then in verse tw- in verse 4 you see 24 other thrones and they're occupied too uh, and uh, uh thrones are big in revelation 62 new testament references to thrones okay 62 of them 47 out of the 62 come the book of revelation the next highest number of references to thrones in the new testament book is in the book of matthew and in the book of matthew there are four so thrones are obviously rather big in Revelation, aren't they? Rulers sit on thrones, and this book of Revelation was written for a tiny little early church being uh, attacked. Uh, well, we could have a look at this now, but that was the video. But that's too late for the video, so forget that, Tim. And uh, 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 and so what they're saying is, we've got a throne here in heaven, sitting uh, and sitting on the throne is the person who's ruling everything. Now that's going to be a comfort when you're being threatened by a throne which is set on by someone called Caesar so heaven is a place for the throne here and then you see surrounding the throne in verse 5 there's thunder and lightning when Anna and I had the privilege of visiting Georgian Nelu in Romania just uh, earlier on in the summer there were some huge thunderstorms there people died just near to where we were because of the thunderstorms the power and the, uh, the ferocity of the rain and the weather then was extraordinary this is talking about the power which is surrounding the throne look at verse 5 there and then there are elders you see them in verse 4 you see them in verse 10 And uh, it says there are 24 of them. Most people say that represents the 12 tribes of the Old Testament and the 12 apostles of the New Testament. 12 plus 12 equals 24. So it's talking about all God's people. So actually, that is a picture of you and me. If you're a Christian, that's a picture of you in heaven. Sitting on the throne. Ruling with Jesus. And it says there, uh, that the elders are wearing crowns. That is our future too. Look at verse 4 there. And then we see the creatures at the end of verse 6 through to verse 9. I think the whole of uh, God's animal kingdom is there. What are they doing? Well, look at verse 8. Um, Each of the four living creatures, the whole of God's animal kingdom, had six wings, were covered with eyes all around them, and so on. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. This is a part of God's creation, worshipping the Creator. And then we see the worship there. We see it in verse 8. But also we see God's people joining with the rest of God's creation in verses 9 to 11 there. Uh, Until it rises to a great crescendo in verse 11 as everyone is joining in and they're saying, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. And by your will they were created and have their being. That is the big picture. We've got the whole of God's creation uh, in heaven worshipping their creator. That is the big picture. So you say that's point number one, the picture. Point number two is the people. This is the business of heaven. Look at verse 9. Jesus is described as him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. And in verse 10, that phrase is almost exactly repeated. And it says, uh, him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. This is Jesus, alright? He's in heaven, It is emphasizing the fact he was dead, but he's alive. And he lives forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And, and ever and ever. and then forever and ever and ever. And then forever and ever and ever after that. This is our Lord Jesus, our living king, who is alive forevermore. And what are they doing? What are they, have we got the clicker? Are we back in action on that? Okay, great. There we are. We're back where we should be, I think. So, thank you very much. Uh, so, what are they doing? What are they doing? In other words, what are God's people doing in heaven? What are we going to be doing in heaven? We're simply worshipping God. That is our future. God's people, taken up with the glory and the wonder and the splendour and the majesty of God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, and worshipping Him forever. But then there's a question, Why? What is the reason for this? Well, we see here that actually we and God are different. That's a fairly obvious point to make, but it is true. We and God are different. We weren't there like God was, like Jesus was, before anything else existed. We need to recognize that we... You and I, we are all created beings. There was a time when you just didn't exist. So, for instance, so if I look back in history, back to, say, 19, uh, the early part in 1955, or any date earlier than that, and I didn't exist. So, if you've done the maths, I'm 61. Okay? And, uh, but, that, but, uh, but that's, that's true. You know, we just did not. There was a time when we did not exist. Mark Twain, writing Huckleberry Finn, wrote this: "We had the sky up there, all speckled with stars, and we used to lay on our backs and look up at them and discuss whether they was made, or only just happened." So, for you, was you just made? Was you uh, did? Was you made, or did you just happen? We've been created. We've been brought into existence by God. Actually, we were in God's mind before time began. And then at that particular time, through your mum and your dad, you were brought into existence by God. And we think of all the things today, and the list of things to thank God for that he created. We see the things up here. We see... uh, Yellow, what is this? A squash or a yellow marrow? Or I don't know, I'm completely. Ignorant. Anyone help me on this? You see something, like, I wish I hadn't picked this up now, but uh, um, but you see, you see things like this, you see, well, God has created those actually baked beans, okay. Heinz baked beans in the six pack here, thank you very much for that one. And uh, uh, but you know, the beans there created by God in tomato sauce, God created tomatoes and so on, and then. You see the reaction to that in verse 11 as all of God's creation are praising him for his creation. It says there, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For you created all things by your will, they were created and have their being. As someone said, all things existed first in the eternal will of God and through his will, came into actual being at his appointed time so the picture the people and then let's have a look at the worship the worship now the worship this is a picture of you and me in heaven this is our future this is a picture of us with all of God's people who have ever existed there in heaven and with God's creation Actually worshipping him now. And our worship now, which is our words and our songs and our lives. Whether we're together, like now, or whether we're on our own or whatever. A couple of things to say about it. First of all, worship means you mean it. Worship means you mean it. Look at the beginning of verse 10. Uh, uh, there, the 24 elders, that's you and me, fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. So, do you think they were thinking, well, you know, worship, church, you know, being together with God's people, thinking about God? Well, yes, okay, I suppose, maybe. Uh, you know, can you, can you pass the chocolates? How about a cup of tea, maybe? No, I think they're, they're not just going through the motions. It does look as if, doesn't it, that, that they mean it. It's from the heart. Don't you think that? And then I think actually looking at the words of our service this morning and, and some of the things we said and the songs we've sung and so on. Yeah, earlier on we were singing Hallelujah. And then I'm thinking, well, did I really mean that? Or when we had the prayers when Ian and Hazel were leading us and we said our men at the end of them, that means, yeah, I agree, so be it, Lord. Do you really mean that? See, our worship, we've got to think of it, we've got to engage, we've got to use our minds. And I reckon, you know, there have been loads of times when, you know, when I think at the end of a service, well, actually, I've just drifted through that. I'm sorry, Lord, because I've really botched that up personally. You see God's people in heaven, and we're really meaning what we're saying, not just empty words. but it's so easy to do it, isn't it? So Lord, I'm sorry when I've said stuff or I've sung stuff to you, that I didn't really mean, because I hadn't really thought about it very much. And I'm sorry, Lord, when I've done that in the service today. And I pray, Lord, that next week you'd help me to pray as I'm coming to church, and I might get up in the morning? that I'd mean what I'm going to say and do and sing when I'm in church. Now, wouldn't that make a huge difference if we did that? And then, the other thing here is worship with humility. Look at the end of verse uh, 10 and see the way they take off their crowns when they worship God. This is saying, God, you're God and I'm not. Crowns off. We're created beings. And we're going to worship the one who was before we were. We're going to worship the one who brought us into existence. Take off your crown. Puncture your pride. Arrest your arrogance. Move over me. And let's fall down before the God who created us. Proud people can't worship. We can't do it. So Lord, please would you humble me. I know it might not be nice or easy, but I want to worship you truly. So please humble me. Amen. So, three quick things uh, in terms of application. Uh, First of them is um, try more pondering. Try more pondering. Stop and stare. Stop and stare. Uh, we all go to 100 miles now, don't we? Well, why not get to the bus stop five minutes early so you can stop and stare and uh, look at the magnolia tree over there or the sky or the vapor trails and, and just simply thank God for that arrive early for things spend time Anna and i've just been doing a bit of the coast to coast uh, walking across england and north of england and the guy who thought it up a guy called wainwright who did all the peaks in the lake district he um he says go slowly don't do 20 or 25 miles a day this isn't a mission this is something to enjoy go slowly stop and stare ponder think enjoy it don't be in such a rush Stop and stare at the clouds and the sea and the downs. That beautiful flower. Your hand, the extraordinary way it's made and moves and so on. The cows and the sheep and the barley just, winter barley just begins to come through in the fields now and so on. Thank God for his mercy and his provision. Try more pondering. Next, how about trying more humility? Just to remember, we are created. Once you didn't even exist so try a little bit more humility and ask God to help you to know your place in his universe as we look forward when we will be with him for all eternity in heaven worshipping his people as heaven worships our creator and then the third thing is to say um, one try a bit more worship not just thank you we're very good at saying, well, it might not be very good, but you know, we tend to say thank you when we actually mean, Lord, I worship you and I praise you. Look at what they're doing in verse 11. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they're created and have their being. The word thank you is not there, but it's saying that God is worthy. God is worthy. How many bird species do you think there are in the UK? Well, I thought about it, and, uh, uh, and I, I thought possibly maybe 200, including you know those that are just here for the summer and are now clearing off, and those who are just here for the winter. And so maybe 200. No, apparently it's 598. That's an awful lot of bird species, isn't it? That's 598. What variety? What creativity? What kind of abundance? Why we need 598? I have no idea. But isn't it wonderful? To think of all those different birds, and they're absolutely stunningly beautiful, aren't they? There are so many goldfinches around them, and that's my favourite bird, by the way, the goldfinch. And uh, there are zillions of them around. It's fantastic. You can see all flocks of them, and uh, Lord, I worship you that you should create such variety and so many different birds. Way more, it seems to me, than we would that we kind of need. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's absolutely stunning here in the uk I wonder what would happen if you went to the amazon how many more would there be there it's just extraordinary lord you are a wonderful creative god and i worship you or try more worship why not try saying grace at mealtimes it's not just a christian habit although it is a christian habit it's a very good one but to consciously say actually look maybe for the first time today look it's harvest sunday okay the food on your plate you'll be eating it in what an hour and a half two hours time and just to pause and to think and say, Lord, actually, there's food here. Thank you. I praise you. This stuff is, actually grows. But for people like Rowley and Camilla and uh, uh, Harold working and so on, and farms here and all other farmers around the show and so on. I want to pray for them as we say grace this lunchtime and thank God and praise him for, uh, as in a little bit of worship, just as we start our lunch, to praise God for the food that we've got. And of course, all this... It's simply getting ready for heaven, isn't it? Because there, we will join with all of God's people and all of God's creation as all heaven worships our creator. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for uh, uh, the opportunity we have in a harvest service just to pause and to remember that you are the creator of all. And we worship you, Lord, that you created us. And you've created all the good things that we enjoy in this world. Thank you, Lord, for our lunch later on. Thank you, Lord, for coffee after the service. Praise you, Lord, for whoever it was who thought of coffee beans and grinding them up and so on. And uh, Father, we praise you that you are wonderfully generous and good and it's all varied and wonderful and extraordinary in your great and incredible creation. And we praise you today for the opportunity of simply pausing and remembering and thanking you so much
0: for all that you have created. Amen.